Hey everybody, and welcome to a very special holiday edition of The Gun Show. I'm your host, Sheila Gunn-Reed, and normally on the show, I interview, or at least have a conversation with, somebody else. But today I'm having that conversation with you because we are expanding on something that we did last year called Letters to Ezra, where in my very <laughs> Jewish boss, awkwardly wore a Christmas hat and read your letters to him. Now, they could be anything, questions, well wishes, story ideas, whatever it was, the show was yours at the end of the year. And it was such a success that we expanded it so that we included me and David in it as well. Now, you might notice the background is a little different today. This is my uh, frozen hellscape of a backyard. Yes, looks pristine and pretty, but it is minus, uh, I think it was minus 41 this morning when I went out and I just ran out like 10 minutes ago and grabbed this picture so it would look a little bit more Christmassy than normal. Now I would wear a Christmas sweater, friends, I would. But there's a problem. You see, the reason I was able to swap the background so quickly is I work in front of a green screen. And uh, this is what happens when you have something green in front of a green screen. This is like a green can of something that I'm drinking. And my Christmas sweater, while I love it, because it has an AR-15 on it, it's green, so I can't wear it. So, incidentally, as it turns out, I apparently dress Christmassy every day of the year because uh, I matched the bucket of your letters that came to me. Now, your letters came to me yesterday via Olivia, who is the producer of all of our long-form paywall shows, and she's an unsung hero at the network. I haven't read them. I printed them off this morning, and then I gave them to my kids who are home from school because it's so cold, the buses aren't running. And uh, they printed them off and they threw them in this very Christmassy bucket, which also happens to be like very Sheila. I don't mean to be twinning with the bucket, but that's uh, just the way I dress. Um, so they printed them off and cut them up so they're each individual. I haven't read them. For some reason, there's Halloween candy in the bottom of the bucket, but... Um, I don't know, if we get hungry halfway through, we'll give ourselves at least a little bit of insulin resistance. We'll see how it goes. Uh, so let's get into it. Let's see what you had to say to me. I am looking forward to some questions that I will be answering unscripted and off the cup. Let's go. Oh, here's a good one from William Smith. Although I imagine they're all gonna be pretty good. Right. Okay. William Smith asks, how do you hold your temper and composure? I would begin with subtle name calling and then all out bashing their lack of IQ and humanity. You know, William, the mainstream media and my political enemies, whom I don't consider enemies because I think sometimes it feels like I'm punching down. Um, while I make it a point to never ever forget where I came from, my farm, where I live, um, I do realize that we are a huge network and we represent, I think, like we call them the mainstream media, but I think we are the mainstream. I think we're the ones who are really truly representing the normals in what they call flyover country in between the, all the people that exist in between downtown Toronto, downtown Ottawa, and maybe downtown Vancouver. It's a big country in between all those places. And I think we speak to those people. So sometimes when I want when I want to fight with these people and I am, if you know me in my real life, sometimes I can be, I don't want to say prickly, but maybe passionate about certain things. I remember, um, I can strike fear in the most powerful politicians in this country 
Why do I care what some internet random guy thinks about me, right? Um, and the mainstream media, as I was trying to say before I got off on, as David Menzies calls a tangerine, they have this sort of boogeyman <laughs> constructed of me in their heads. They, they think I'm wild and uncontrolled and uncouth. Um, and, and so I just try not to be because I'm really, I'm really not that person. Um, I don't like to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's a great question though, William. Okay, next one. Sheila Gunn-Reed. Well, <laughs> good news, that's me. Uh, wishing you and your family the very best Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. We love all that you do. You really are a force. Well, thank you. This doesn't feel like a question coming on though. Uh, thank you for what you are doing. It's great. Okay, well, here we get into some internet rumors about me that aren't true. <laughs> but uh, it's kind of fun that somebody might think they are. Is there any way you would release video from your, your early rodeo days and your days as an MMA fighter? Look, I've attended rodeos for a long time and I hope those videos never surface. <laughs> but uh, on the um, athlete side, definitely not. Um, and your days as an MMA fighter. You know what? If I were an MMA fighter, uh, things would have ended very much differently for Dion Buse. And that is one of my great regrets is not taking the opportunity to tie the guy who punched me in the face at the Women's March in a knot. But then the story would have been Rebel News reporter assaults male feminist ally at Women's Rights March. So I didn't. But I have often considered um, fighting my enemies in cage matches for charity. I would be open to that, you know. Anyways, let's keep going. Oh, more rumors. We hear you broke the 10-second wall for barrel racing at three years old, <laughs> as well as starting your own blacksmithing company at four years old. My husband is obsessed with blacksmithing, by the way. We would also love to see some of the video of your days as an MMA fighter, too. Me, too. <laughs> Me, too. You, Sheila Gunn-Reed, are force, and we are darn lucky to have you at Rebel. God bless you. Brian Long, internet rumor mill. Next one. Oh, this one's taped together. I guess the kids must have cut a little too early. <laughs> uh, hi there, just an old redneck doing some pondering. Why is it that no matter what a federal politician does, they never have to step down or resign? Uh-huh. They can break all the laws of the land and there is nothing done. If normal people did the same, they would be in jail for life and stay there. But being a politician, they do not even get a slap on the wrist. I was under the impression that politicians work for the people and not the people working for the politicians to keep them in their ritzy jobs. Most of them could not, could not get a job in the private sector and have to turn to politics. Frank Bertolot? Bertolot? I hope I said that right, Frank. Very, um, very good letter. Um, it is true. I mean, look at Justin Trudeau. What did he do before he stumbled over his name into the, the prime minister's office? He was a part-time drama teacher, part-time snowboarder, and full-time debutante. Like, what did he do that Paris Hilton hasn't done? Actually, I think she probably works harder. I think she's got a makeup line. Like, I don't... So she's, like, wandered into entrepreneurship. But Justin Trudeau? No. And ethics violation after ethics violation? And what does he get? Slap on the wrist, a $300 fine here. The guy drives a car worth a million dollars. There's no consequences for these people. And you are right. If you did you pulled some of this garbage in the private sector, insider trading at the very least. Okay, next one. 
Sorry, am I supposed to be breezing through these a little faster? I feel like remarking on all of them because they're just so good. It's hard to pick my favorite Rebel because several of you, of you have my daily attention. Well, I must tell you, you guys did pick your favorite Rebel and it was me. I won the Viewer's Choice Award. Um, but out of all, like the top, I guess five were very, very, very close. And I had a last minute campaign <laughs> where I think I secured those last few votes. Um, but it was very close. I narrowly pushed out Abby Amini, who has the entire continent of Australia voting for him. So I'm grateful that you guys chose me. Thank you so much. Anyways, you must get so tired of the constant fight, but thanks a million for doing this for us. Somebody has to stop the madness, keep up the good work, and thanks to Lincoln, Drea, Adam, Abby, and the rest of the crew, take care. Yeah, there's so many good people working at our company. Um, you know, it's, it's a little different because, uh, some people will say, like, don't you get tired of the constant fight? I see it as a privilege to be able to give voice to the concerns of normal people. Like, you look at the mainstream media coverage, and sometimes it's like, have these people ever talked to a farmer or a rig hand or a truck driver or a construction worker or a carpenter or anybody like that? Have you ever met a welder in your life? Pipeliner? You read their news articles, and you're like, obviously they haven't. They've never even gone outside of their little, like, Ottawa, Toronto, downtown Edmonton, Calgary bubble. You've never met a real person before and talked to them about their concerns. And uh, I'm happy to say that most of us at the company are very, very real people. I think the only person who has formal journalist training is David Menzies and we don't hold it against him. And I think he's forgotten more about journalism than most of us have ever learned. So, um, and I'm also grateful for the outlet. Like when things make me angry or bother me, I get to come downstairs into this fantastic little studio and make a video about it and realize that the video I make is going to resonate with people who are just like me, farm wives, wives of the oil patch. Um, and so uh, I guess, you know, the y you do, like you're in the fight all the time, but I don't know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the platform which I wouldn't have without the support of our viewers at home. Dear Sheila, and that one was from Heather in case I didn't say, I'm very sorry, that was from Heather. Dear Sheila, thank you for your efforts this year and for your dedication to delivering a view that resonates with me as a human and a Canadian. Not a lot of questions here, guys. Let me see if I can make it through this without getting like, you know, misty. Might be difficult. I feel it already. And I'm not an emotional person. That's not true, I am. Uh, I've become quite a fan of Rebel News and drifted away from the mainstream media. We saved another one. <laughs> That's great. It's good. We've saved you. Your passion and drive for the truth has been inspirational. I look forward to shaking your hand one day and maybe even buying you a pint or a glass of wine. I'm more of a beer girl. I think probably you, you, you assumed that. Um, I wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and an amazing New Year, Colin. Well, Colin, thanks so much. You know, it's funny that... You know, we still call it, and I think it's just a matter of parlance that we call the government-colonized media, the mainstream media, because they really aren't, right? Like, based on their viewership numbers and the number of people who they actually represent, the views of Canadians, they are the fringe. I think we're the mainstream. Like, we, I think we represent everybody outside of downtown Ottawa, downtown Toronto, and maybe downtown Vancouver, and maybe downtown Montreal, like anybody who doesn't 
live in the downtown core and go to university or work for the government, I think we are the people who represent them. Like the normals. We're news for the normals, as I always say. X1. Boy, these letters are great. Dear Sheila, I would like to know what justification the Canadian Armed Forces have for their continued COVID-19 vaccination mandate. Although I think they just dropped it. And what policies, procedures, and processes were put in place to provide care and support to vaccine-injured soldiers? I don't think any. If you could get General Iyer to answer those questions, it would make my Christmas. Thank you for your continued efforts to bring heat and light to important issues. Does the good book say? Be salt and light. Um, I have. Uh, I, I hate to be conspiratorial, but it's real hard um, because so many of my conspiracy theories have turned into conspiracy facts over the last little bit, and I think a lot of people feel that way. But the Canadian Armed Forces were given all Moderna, and uh, I hate to think that they were a human experiment because. Right after that happened, we had enough reasonable data to say, don't give Moderna to young men, I, you know, like in between the ages of like 12 and 30 or whatever the numbers were, but basically encompassing the majority of our fighting force. And I wonder if so many of them were vaccine injured after they were all force jabbed against unemployment with Moderna. Anyways, next one. And that one had uh, that one had no name. So, um, but very, very good question. Sheila, I'm so happy to be able to have the opportunity to let you know how much I appreciate you and the work that you do at Rebel News. Keep it together, Sheila. <laughs> you are relentless in your pursuit of in your pursuit of the truth and fearless in your proclaiming of that truth. Beyond that, you're a master wordsmith, and I enjoy your cleverness and your humor. Thanks. I try to be like, I try to be a happy warrior um, because sometimes the things we're talking about are just so awful or so terrible. And like, I don't like to make light of the situation, but I do like to poke fun at the people involved. I am also female, a proud Catholic and an Albertan as you are with the same Joan of Arc vibe. I don't know if anybody noticed. Actually, you probably didn't because um, I try to keep my the majority of my tattoos hidden, but my arm, this arm, the shoulder is Joan of Arc. <clears throat> I pray for your safety in these interesting times and I thank you for always carrying the banner high. In deep gratitude, Carol Burnside. Well, that's very nice. Um, like I said, I just, uh, I just try to talk about the things that matter to people like me and I don't think I'm special. That's that's one of the things that I think is important is I don't think I'm special, I think I'm normal. Like <laughs> I think I'm just like everybody else and I think we all care about the same things. Um, our family, uh, paying the bills and being left alone. Oh, here's a long one. Better get a cup, drink of coffee before I uh, run out of saliva reading this one. Hi, Sheila. My wife and I have been home dealing with health issues since February and April, respectively. And during this time, Rebel News has provided us with a sense of commonality. My main concern has been and not limited to firearms control. In December of 2021, I took the Canadian firearms courses and passed along with my two daughters. Nice. 
I did not obtain my PAL and our PAL until July of this year. I've, it was an enormous length of time for me to renew. It's pretty much in time to be facing an import ban on handguns. Once I was aware of this August 16th ban, I purchased two handguns. Good for you. As of this letter, I'm still waiting for my transfers. Yeah. Firearms owners overwhelmed the uh, CFOs to get the transfers. And yet the government thinks that Bill C-21 will help curb gun violence, really? Here I am, a law-abiding trained license holder, and it would be easier to purchase a handgun illegally on the street. Yep. Makes no sense. Between my firearms courses and the courses that I had to take to join a gun range, the only place, by the way, that you can use your uh, handguns, I have over 24 hours of training, but I don't own a gun yet. I've invested a lot of money to get to this point, and like I said, I could own one illegally in a matter of hours. Anyway, really appreciate the time and effort you and everyone at Rebel News commit to telling the other side of the story. It means a lot to us. Please continue to do so for those that want to know the truth. Unfortunately, because of our health issues, we're not able to donate besides purchasing a t-shirt. However, we plan to do more in the future once we're better. Once again, thank you, and know that we support you all. Frank Scalia. Frank, um, I'm so glad that you took the initiative to go out and get your pal and your R-pal. Um, just so, uh, like I feel like critics of guns should have to take the courses and go through the process so that you understand that law-abiding Canadian firearms owners are not your enemy. Actually, they should be your best friend because if you're in trouble, you're gonna need them. Um, and if people who are critics of firearms ownership had to submit themselves to the same things that firearms owners do, I think they would uh, change their mind about a lot of things and they would realize that we're not the problem. Um, and Frank, uh, I, I do hope that you and your wife are both feeling better soon. And if you want to support us, one of the best things for you to do is just to share our stories far and wide. If we want people to know the truth and we have to make sure that truth is in front of them. Let's keep going. Dear Sheila, oh, I know, I know who wrote this. <laughs> uh, it's from my friend Robin Bleski, the teacher. And uh, I run into him at protests sometimes. Sometimes he sends me emails. And Robin, if you're watching this, please know I read your emails. I just get so many, it's so hard to respond. But I do appreciate your emails where you're just cheering for us to fight on and uh, your kind messages to me all the time. I, I, I really do appreciate that. And anybody else who sends me uh, emails like that, I do eventually get around to uh, reading them all, but please know it's very difficult to respond to them all, but I do read them and I appreciate all of them. Dear Sheila, I cannot thank you enough for your hard work your and your dedication along with your colleagues doing that incredibly hard work of telling the other side of the story. Guys, there's not a lot of <laughs> questions in here, just a lot of uh, mutual appreciation. Anyways, let's keep going. Our two young children and myself remain healthy and unvaccinated thanks in part to your advocacy. I'm the only teacher in my inner circle that did not take the jab. I admire your professionalism, family values, toughness, and your sense of humor. You are an unsung Alberta hero, a strong, independent, beautiful, conservative woman. The world needs more of your type. I know you're Catholic, so I wanted to say God bless you and your family over this sacred time of the year. I pray you all have an abundance of health, happiness, peace, and prosperity in 2023. Once again, many thanks for your hard work in fighting the COVID cult, Robin Valeski. Oh, Robin, that's very nice. And uh, the same to you and your family. And I know that uh, 
it was very hard for you and your family. Um, you're, you were um, isolated and alienated and demonized and treated like you were subhuman. But at the end of the day, you've prevailed and the government knows above all else that they cannot control you. Okay, next one. This one is from Megan. Dear Sheila, Merry Christmas. Oh, this is a great one. <laughs> Sneaks me back to 2016. This is um, some of the funnest work I ever did. Cold. <laughs> as cold as this, by the way. Uh, Dear Sheila, Merry Christmas. I first met you on the steps of the Alberta legislature during the Bill 6 rally. That was when the Alberta NDP crazily <laughs> tried to put like bankers hours on Alberta family farms and said that kids couldn't work on the farm. <laughs> yeah. Again, have these people ever like met a farmer or a farm kid? Anyway, uh, that's what the NDP tried to do. Farmers rose up. You think the truck convoys are something to look at? You should have seen the tractor convoys all like before Christmas, um, bitterly cold, protesting, minus 25. I remember my camera, I couldn't keep batteries in my camera because it was just like sucking the life out of them so fast. I couldn't keep my microphone on because it was so cold, but I was the only journalist there speaking to the farmers. And I felt like that was really when it clicked for me at Rebel News. I'd been here, you know, six months or something. And, uh, or no, it was more than that. It was the winter of 2016. This was really my first year at the company. and. I just, I remember thinking, is this what they mean when you were made for a time such as this? Because I'm like, I'm an independent conservative journalist and I'm a farmer. I understand this issue exactly. Anyway, enough for me, let's go back to Megan's email. My now husband and I were college students that couldn't, oh, that's so cute, you guys got married, that couldn't imagine what the woke government was trying to do to us farmers. I've been following Rebel News since. I was so appreciative of Rebel News' coverage of the Freedom Convoy in February. Well, you farmers did it first, didn't you? My husband participated the entire six weeks. It was nice to see positive coverage of what was happening rather than the lies of the mainstream media. Thank you for your hard work on finding truth. Never let politics or drama override your journalistic integrity. God bless, Megan. You know, Megan, I'm very lucky because I'm very grounded. Um, I have... Uh, three kids and a husband and a normal life outside of journalism. Like I said, I'm a farmer, I'm an oil patch wife. So it's really easy for me not to get sucked in to the internet drama um, because uh, I still gotta go outside and weed my garden <laughs> in the summer, you know? And I uh, gotta run to town and get tractor parts. So um, it's really easy for me to stay normal. Okay, next one. Sheila. Please find out who, what liberal liberal ministry, commissioned the new study to prove unvaccinated drivers are a danger on the roads because of their non-compliance with health measures. Uh, we did a couple stories on this. I, I should file an access to information on that because uh, that was crazy. Um, and unvaccinated drivers' insurance rates should reflect the fact that they're a danger. This is the biggest line of BS I've heard. And I can't believe my tax dollars are funding such a ridiculous study in Canada. Uh, yeah, that was insane. I, I think I might be concerned about uh, vaccinated drivers having a heart attack at the wheel, but I don't know, I'm not a scientist. Uh, meanwhile, fully vaxxed pilots are dying in the air in the cockpits and many medical episodes or vaccidents as they're called are happening because of the vaccine. Yeah, a lot of uh, died suddenly stuff happening out there. 
This is just another way to segregate, vilify, and coerce people into taking a tainted, harmful injection. Please expose this for what it really is using examples of pilots and medical incidents while driving and heart attacks behind the wheel statistics. Tina Rezensoff. At the very least, I'm going to file for access to information, which is one of the most boring things I do here at Rebel News, but actually I think one of the most important things that I do here at Rebel News because I think it's really important for us to hold the government to account for the things they say and do behind closed doors because they never think anybody's ever going to pull back that curtain. And I do it like 12 times a week, <laughs> filing for access to information. And I don't do it alone. We have a very excellent research helper who will remain anonymous, but... Uh, Again, another unsung hero at the company. Uh, next one. Uh, it says, you're a hero. I love that your name immediately puts fear and anxiety in the atrophied hearts of our opposition. You know, I'm not one of those feminists who says, I don't want to give up my last name when I get married. That's not why I kept like, and it's not hyphenated. It's just one... I have two last names. Um, it's just so darn cool. <laughs> like, it's cool. Like if you had the name Gun, would you just give it away? Probably wouldn't, would you? Anyways, uh, I've been following Rebel for so many years and always wish I could do more. I have a request. Can we get a t-shirt with a simple Rebel News logo? I think we have one in the store now. It just says Rebel. It doesn't even say Rebel News. It just says Rebel. Um, and we have hats, likewise, and hoodies that say the same. They seem to be more effective at triggering people. Keep fighting the good fight, and God bless you and your family and the Rebel News team. Have the most splendid Christmas, Sheila. David Klein. Well, David, we uh, do have the shirts that you're looking for, and the people who know, know, right? Like, the, they know that it means Rebel News, but some people don't know, and they're just like, hey, there's a guy who goes against grain. He's cool. Want to hang out with him. So it's like a, a wink, or as David Menzies would say, a, a bat signal to like-minded people. But those are available on rebelnewsstore.com, and be sure to keep checking back there, because we're always adding new stuff over there. Hey, next one. Hey, Sheila. Hey. Sale and consumption. Oh, this is a fun one because uh, I'm a firm believer in the fact that most of the nutritional advice that you've received as uh, a human being in the last 40 years for sure, but getting close to 50 years, been wrong. It's been wrong. The food pyramid is upside down. Anyways, and I blame Kellogg's, but that's a long story. Uh, the sale and consumption of raw dairy has been a hot topic for the last five years. Uh-huh, sure has. Leading figures on the freedom side have been in court for this in the last year. I would have some thought this issue would be in your wheelhouse since you're a farmer. Do you have any interest in reporting on this? Calvin Arndt. I definitely will add this to the list um, of things that I want to report on. Because, um, I don't know if you know, but I'm very interested in uh, nutrition and how um, long before we were getting the COVID science wrong, we were getting nutrition science wrong. And also othering the doctors who were like, hey, actually, maybe we shouldn't eat so many carbohydrates. Like maybe carbs are the problem and we should go back to the traditional human diet of meat and fat. Um, and instead, we just give people medicine, statins, instead of saying, hey, like maybe you shouldn't eat all those refined carbohydrates and, and gut-busting amounts of fiber. And uh, much of the same advice has been wrong about raw dairy. And <laughs> whatever you think about raw dairy, 
Um, can we at least acknowledge that I'm not sure that we should be told by a government that we shouldn't be able to consume raw dairy fresh from the farmer when this is the same government that's like, yeah, totally. You want to do hard drugs? Do them. <laughs> Knock yourself out. You want to die? Go to the pharmacist and ask them for medical assistance in dying. Um, but they're worried that I'm going to get what? Some sort of bacteria that literally almost nobody gets from unpasteurized dairy. Like the amount of people who actually get sick from an unpasteurized dairy is like astronomically low, like worse than a statistical rounding error. Um, but that government, the government that is like, hey, you want to do hard drugs? No big. We might even give them to you. It depends on what province you live in. Uh, they're telling me I can't talk to a farmer about getting some raw milk. <laughs> sure, sure. Anyways, let's keep going. That was from Calvin. That was a great one. And I put it on my, some of you may not know. I'll give you a little sneak peek behind the scenes. I have a, like a thing here where I'm always making notes and jotting down story ideas. And I get a lot of those story ideas from you guys. Next one. Whatever happened to the former military officer out of Alberta that was anti-lockdown and had a real plan to handle the pandemic? That is, uh, last name is Redmond. I'm going off the top of my head, but I think it's Redmond. I think he was head of emergency planning in Alberta a few years back. He made a lot of sense. He fell off the radar after about six months to a year. Was he canceled or bought off? Neither. I think he just got tired of not being listened to. And uh, Jason Kenny wasn't listening to him. Now, Danielle Smith might. I think she actually even interviewed him on her show before she became a politician again. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think he just was like, nobody's listening to me. I'm screaming into the wind. Um, Peter Martin. Thank you for this, Peter. Natasha Liss. Hello, I'm a Rebel News supporter. I watched Liz interviewed on MADE. I don't know which one. I've done quite a few. I just had a question on two points. Sheila states that MAID is being performed on minors and that they are, there is no waiting period any longer. I looked on the MAID website, see below, and it says that one has to be 18 and there is a waiting period. There is and there isn't a waiting period. Um, in 2017, they eliminated the wait period for people who um, are terminally ill, but there is no definition of terminally ill. So you could have breast cancer and you could have two years ahead of you but you can get made that day so they've removed the 10-day wait period and um, with regard to minors there is parliamentary testimony and full disclosure this was revealed by my MP Garnet Jenis whom I see at church every now and then um, doctors testifying in parliamentary hearings out in the open saying yep we're we want to give this to babies um and he's got the video garnet has the video um on his youtube on his facebook page on his twitter everywhere um and i actually included it in one of my videos that i did on the subject so not an interview that i did but uh, like one of my rebel news videos on the subject and i know um i get so many people who are like sheila that's not how it is um because it's so hard to believe the changes that have come in to the medical assistance and dying protocols since 2016 it is definitely the slippery slope that we said would happen when they legalized these things. I get emails from people saying, Sheila, you're lying because 
This is what I had to do when my family went through this process one year, two years, three years ago. It's so hard for them to believe how quickly this has changed into something resembling eugenics. Um, so if you, and if you click through on the government website, you can see, I think it is the 2021 changes, you'll see that the 10-day wait period is eliminated for people who are who have a terminal illness. And the problem with that is they don't really define terminal illness and what that means. So um, some people might define depression as a terminal illness. You know what I mean? Um, is there a resource source for these statements or are they being proposed in legislation? I'm having a conversation with someone and they think this is disinformation. Brenda. And again, it's very hard to believe. I actually just responded to an email before I started filming this video from the person, the human being on the other end of our um, information line at Rebel News because we actually have a human being on the other end of it. And they were disputing my numbers of 10,000 plus, I think it's 10,000, 10 10.6,000 people last year in 2021 who received medical assistance in dying. It's one of the leading causes of death in this country. Three, three percent of all deaths or 3.3 percent of all deaths uh, and they couldn't believe it they said i was lying um so i linked back to the government website uh, i get all my information from the government and again it's just so 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 hard to believe that it's true because it's so shocking right you think we're a compassionate people and people think oh we have socialized medicine everybody has access to a doctor a lot of these people are pursuing medical assistance in death because of socialized medicine, denying them access to a doctor in a timely fashion. And so the suffering becomes so great. And sometimes their illness, which wasn't terminal, suddenly becomes terminal, especially over the course of the pandemic. How many people were denied cancer screenings because they had to keep those hospitals empty for wave after wave of COVID that never came? That one is deeply personal to me. Uh, this next one is she leads with her chin. <laughs> but I'm glad that you sent me um, a question as opposed to um, a comment, although I appreciate the comments, but I was hoping for a, a mix of all. Next one, There's this is more of an acknowledgement than a question. I truly admire the great courage and perseverance all of you reporters at Rebel News clearly display. It reminds me of how the good Cardinal Kafara had written to Sister Lucia the last year of Fatima asking for her prayers. She wrote back to him saying, the final battle between the Lord and the reign of Satan will be about marriage and the family. Don't be afraid, she added, because anyone who operates for the sanctity of marriage and the family will always be contended and opposed in every way because this is the decisive issue. It sure is, isn't it? And then she concluded, however, Our Lady has already crushed its head. May the Lord and his blessed mother bless you all at Rebel News and may he keep strengthening you and protecting you. Chantel Nupanin, hope I said that right, very, very nice. And um, thank you for reminding me of um, the appearance at Fatima. Next one. I suppose I should just shut up and read these <laughs> instead of adding all my comments. This next one, I think you're great, funny, entertaining, and informative. Wow, thank you. Merry Christmas to you, your family, and everyone at Rebel News. Fantastic work. Keep it going in 2023 and beyond. XX Claire A in the UK. Well, Claire, that's very nice. And uh, as I always say, 
As long as the mainstream media remains terrible and unbalanced, I will always have a job telling the other side of the story because they definitely won't. Next one. Hi, Sheila. As an Albertan, how do you feel about the gun grab? <laughs> how do I feel about the gun grab? They're stealing my guns too, people. Uh, do you think Daniel Smith will be able to not allow it to take effect in our province? Sandra. I think she's trying. I think she's doing as much as she can as a premier. She is basically creating a, I don't know what the right word is, amnesty zone in Alberta for us. She's told her RCMP not to enforce this gun grab. And I don't know how they could enforce the gun grab without going around and kicking in the doors of innocent law-abiding Albertans because the problem with the gun grab, besides that it's insane and will do nothing to stop violent crime, is that guns that are currently un restricted, which means unregistered, are moving from unrestricted to prohib. So the government doesn't know where they are or who owns them. So what are they going to do? Just go down the roll of people in every single neighborhood who have a PAL or an RPAL and kick in their doors and take their varmint gun? Is that what they're going to do? Take their SKS? I don't see another way for them to do this. And, uh, you know, to her credit, Danielle Smith is doing what she can to stand up for law-abiding gun owners. It's gun culture in this province um, that maybe other provinces don't quite understand. Um, and I don't think they understand Alberta culture in general. But um, on the flip side, the Calgary City Police said that they are going to enforce the laws as they come down from the feds. So if you're living in Calgary, maybe consider moving to Airdrie. You know what I mean? Anyway, let's keep going. Thank you for relaying the stories in a poignant and often witty way. Well, like I said, I try to be a happy warrior. I enjoy listening to you. You reveal information I often don't know, and I appreciate listening to you. Wish you were back to broadcasting at lunchtime. Merry Christmas, Suzanne. Stay tuned. We are um, we took a break from our lunchtime live stream. We are coming back with the live stream in the new year. We are just finalizing the details of what that's going to look like um, and who's doing what when. Uh, probably going to be a lot of Sheila, though. So um, <laughs> if you like me, you're going to get your fix. Um, and I think we're just evaluating the times. So uh, stay tuned. And I do get a lot of emails. Uh, a lot of people saying like, hey, where's our our noon live stream? I know some of you didn't catch it when it was live, but I know a lot of you watched it afterwards. And I'm, uh, I'm happy to say that we were missed. Feels good. Dear Sheila, I sure would love to meet you in person. Have you tried haunting a farm supply store? <laughs> because you'll probably find me there. Anyways, the problem is that my friends are afraid of driving into... Oh, well, I know who this is. Driving into the city where a Rebel Live event is happening. Just once, it would be nice if you came here to Radway. Just north of me. How I would treasure having coffee with you, Bruce Atchison. And uh, normally, Bruce, you sign your uh, emails with an acknowledgement of your cat. Um, I do love Radway, by the way. It's... um the home of one of my favorite army surplus stores and if i'm ever in radway again and i'm sure i will would be because again home of my favorite army surplus store i will uh, drop you a line i've got your email bruce thanks thanks for the invite by the way uh thank you for all you do one topic i never heard anything on was about not being able to fly with a negative covid test didn't hear anything on that 
Uh, we talked about it quite a bit because it didn't make any sense, right? <laughs> like, you can fly with someone who's vaccinated and like active in COVID infection. Um, but if you were unvaccinated with a negative COVID test, you couldn't get on a plane because science and science strikes again. If you were unvaccinated and you took a PCR test that was negative right before your flight, you could not fly. What's the science in that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Where's the logic? None of this was logical. Like there's still like some places still have a vaccine requirement, even as the manufacturers are acknowledging that the vaccine doesn't stop the spread. And Justin Trudeau is what on his sixth or seventh <laughs> COVID infection? Like, no, it doesn't make sense, right? Other countries allowed that. They sure did. Why did Canada not offer that option? Well, the reason they didn't offer that option was because it was never about stopping the spread of the disease. It was about identifying who was compliant with the government. Um, who would just go along blindly because the government told them to. Because some guy in a lab coat um, or some public health necromancer, as I call them, would stand up at a podium every single day and read death numbers to you to scare you into doing what she thought was the right thing, Dr. Dina Hinshaw. Anyway, why was this not highlighted over and over? How come nobody mentioned it at the Emergencies Act inquiry? Because the Emergencies Act inquiry was an inquiry into the government's actions, um, invoking the Emergencies Act on the convoy. Um, it really wasn't all that much about what precipitated the convoy itself. Why was this so overlooked? Weird. Hopefully you could cover that. Thank you, S. Hill. We did talk about that as the vaccine mandates were being imposed on uh, people at the airport like so long ago um, when most of our staff were banned from flying and other ones didn't fly to show solidarity with their unvaccinated colleagues, which is something I'm really proud that our team did. Let's keep reading. Uh, it looks like we got uh, two left. One, one, this is the second to last one. And then uh, I guess all the Halloween candy we can handle. Let's keep going. Howdy, howdy, SGR. David Menzies always calls me that. As you know, well, I'm not sure I did, but I do now. I've been your biggest fan since day one. One of these days, I hope to meet you in person. Again, try haunting a farm supply store. Just stake it out. <laughs> Find a PV Mart. Just wait. I'll be by. Um, the very best to you and your rebel family and more. So your actual real family here in God's country, Alberta. You're still the best as always. Have an awesome Christmas and a great 2023. Rob F. Sloan. Wow. It's very nice of you, Rob. Thank you so much. Um, and uh, yeah, special thanks to my family who <laughs> put up with all of my nonsense and uh, just the time I put into my work here at Rebel News. And uh, you know, I, I'm not often concerned for my safety, but I wonder if sometimes they aren't, or they are. Uh, next one, last one. And I read these in no particular order, just randomly pulled out. So if you're the last one, don't, don't feel bad. Merry Christmas and a joyous new year. Now for my question, as an oil field worker and a former farmer, I'm wondering if our provincial government in Alberta is doing enough to protect our natural resources from the federal government. They seem to be doing everything to keep, they, I think they, the feds, seem to be doing everything to keep our resources from markets that are hungry for them. Should the province do more to ensure a sustainable industry for many years forward? Reg Porter. You know, Reg, um, again, I think I am always open to be being disappointed by politicians. That's what they do. <laughs> I mean, it's what Jason Kenney did to all of us. Um, 
but uh, so far so good with Daniel Smith. Um, you know, she's she's working hard. Um, I know that uh, she sent an MLA to sort of liaise with some of the Western governors in the United States and see what sort of partnerships we can build there. Um, but a lot of the reasoning behind the Sovereignty Act isn't just the gun grab, it isn't just the carbon tax. It's allowing Alberta to be prosperous within Confederation and when they are blocking our pipelines and not approving our projects, um, they being the feds, that's not their role. We have control over our natural resources. We, the people of Alberta, own them and it is incumbent on the government to maximize their value for us. And so I am so far confident that she is doing everything she can, Daniel Smith, to do that for us. But um, she's a politician and uh, uh, also a human being. And human beings are flawed and um, I'm optimistic, but also realistic. Well, everybody, I think that's the bottom of the pile. That's it. We did it. Um, thank you for sticking with me during this very long show. Uh, and thank you for sticking with me during this very long year. Although it seems like it just flew by. We had so many fights for freedom and so many interesting stories. And um, it just, uh, it seems like it was just the end of 2021. And all of a sudden, here we are at the end of 2022. Um, I just want to thank everybody at home um, sincerely for their support of the work that we do here at Rebel News and their kind messages. Um, uh, it, I'm, I'm kind of speechless and I communicate for a living. <laughs> so look what you did to me, you guys. Um, but we truly couldn't do any of the work here without the support of you at home. Um, we rely on your generosity and not just your financial support, but your moral support. Um, it does really fill up the tank and keep us going throughout the day. Um, and, and we know, um, you know, sometimes it, being willing to maybe not agree with us here at Rebel News, but just listen to us and treat us fairly, that's an act of rebellion too. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see everybody, I guess, back here in the same time, in the same place next year. And uh, remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.